3: From the WEEI Studios. Brought
4: to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy Simplified.
3: The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: This hour of Fitzy and Heart is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServPro. Call 1-800-SERVPRO.
3: One can't help but be positive. Hey.
5: And a very pleasant good afternoon to you from our Ford Fenway Clubhouse studios. This is the Saturday, April 27th, 2002 edition of the Fitzy and Hart radio program here on Boston Sports Original 93.7 FM, WEEI, and WEEI.com. And if you're on the go, hey, why not check us out on the Odyssey app? Don't have the Odyssey app? Go to the Google Play Store. The Apple application store. Anywhere you need to go, grab the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Why? Because we are Boston Sports Original and never fake the flavor. We'll be with you today until 3 o'clock. Then we got Brad Faux Show on the Red Sox pregame show brought to you by Visit Massachusetts. First pitch today, game number two of Red Sox and Rays from America's most beloved ballpark, Fenway. You can join us anytime today at 617 779 7937 for two-way sports talk action the digital sandbox that is the text line is open for your grouses, gripes, complaints and compliments at 37937 7. monitored as always by the one and only Stanley Stizgrimy Bruno our producer please be kind if you choose to call in today and the socials wide open unlike most patriots receivers this preseason at weei at fitzygfy and at Jumbo Hart. On today's show, we will recap the Patriots' less-than-stellar preseason. Recap last night's less-than-stellar finish to the preseason. A 23-6 loss, and it wasn't even that close, even though it was starters for a while. In Las Vegas, to the contractually obligated pronunciation coming, here it is, coached by Josh McDaniels. Mike Dusso of Patriots.com joins us at 2 p.m. to talk roster projections and more. Andy Hart. Hmm. Well, ready for this? That was the sound of the Red Sox, or excuse me, rather. Well, that's been most of the Red Sox season. That was the sound of the Patriots preseason coming to a thud, a halt, a screeching stop last night. I understand that preseason is not always an indicator or predictor of future actual and regular seasons to come or the success of your football team. But from everything we've heard, everything we've discussed, everything we've read, Everything we've observed, everything we've analyzed, now everything we have been forced to consume up until the grueling finish last night at 11.01 p.m. from Allegiant Stadium. My goodness gracious, I am doing everything I can to remain as Patriots positive as possible. And the one takeaway I have, Andy, is this. If the Patriots brain trust of Judge Patricia Belichick, Incorporated, decides to use this preseason as a testing ground to understand that everything they have tried to implement in their uh, offensive shift, if you will, the simplification of the offense and the semi-new scheme, If if the preseason is for them to understand that these new zone runs and some of the other stuff they've been doing isn't working, then it will have been a smashingly successful preseason, and I can't wait for 15 days exactly from now when they take on the Dolphins. If they continue what they've tried to implement all spring, summer, and preseason long, Lord have mercy, it's going to be a long season, Andy. Well, what is it if
6: you're in for an inch, you're in for a mile? Like, I, I, I know a lot of people think like you, it's time to pull the plug. Zone runs are not going to work, the boots are not going to work, all this new offense not going to work. Well, then what are you going to do? Because you've already wasted the entire month of training camp, preseason football, and it's not like everybody's the same, so there'll be some changes that that others will learn. I don't know if you read the story from Matt Castle on NBC Sports Boston the other day where he talked about this very thing happening when he was in Kansas City when they had Chan Gailey put in an offense at the end of the preseason. Chan Gailey and uh, Todd uh, Haley got into a spat or whatever. Chan Gailey quit, and Todd uh, Haley put an entire new offense because he was going to call plays, blah, blah, blah. You know how that worked out? Not one, not two, not three, four wins. Four wins for the Kansas City Chiefs that year. I don't know that you can just scrap everything you've done so far this summer. It's not perfect, and I don't think you're ready to be all in on the new offense, but I think it would be a, a mistake. If you thought it was valuable enough to do in March, April, May, June, July, August, then see it through. Put your head down, figure the damn thing out, get these guys that are all stepping right or stepping left on their zone blocking schemes to do it in unison and not let one guy sneak through, right? Reps matter. Experience matters. I don't think you can pull the plug. I think pulling the plug would be a huge mistake right now. And I think the biggest issue, and I sort of teased this when I tweeted on uh, about the show, that to me this is all about expectations. People that thought this was going to be a good to um, contending type football team are flipping out right now, I think. People like me that thought it was a mediocre team that would probably have to muster up a little something-something to make the playoffs, I think are pretty comfortable with where they are. It's not great, and I'm not going to tell you it's not worse than I expected this summer. I've never seen it this bad. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're trying to break Mac Jones before building him back up, whatever it may be. But if you thought they were a mediocre football team, how far have they fallen from mediocrity? Like right now, Fitzy, do you think they're a bad football team? Do you think they're a – I put it in our show sheet uh, earlier. Do you think there's a
5: better chance they make the playoffs or pick in the top ten of the draft? Right now? Yeah. I think there is a better – if I had to um, – you know, if it was blank to head time, I would tell you there's a better chance the Patriots pick in the top 12 of the draft than make the playoffs. As per, If they were to continue with this uh, – I can't even call it momentum. This discombobulated, out of out of array, uh, uncomfortable offensive momentum or uh, continuity. I would say the Patriots right now are in for some rough sledding. There's going to be growing pains on both sides of the ball. I never thought it was twelve and five. LFG, CU in Arizona. We can pump the tires. We can you know rile the troops and the masses up. We can, you know, get on the horseback and ride through Pat's Nation and tell them, watch out, the McCorkles are coming, the McCorkles are coming. But the fact of the matter is, Andy, it's very, very frustrating. And this is what's getting, this is what's starting to really ruffle my feathers. This is what's really, this is what is sour, this is what's flattening my IPA right now, is there are diehard long-term super fans like myself who are curious, if not a little frustrated, and... As to how things are going and we're naturally curious as to how this is going to work out Why certain decisions were made the way that they were and how the Pats are going to see their way through this And if they'll be able to see their way through this in a much more competitive AFC East and AFC overall And for some reason that's now being taken as you're off the bandwagon You don't believe Bill Belichick. You're not an in-bill-we-trust guy. What happened to your fandom? What happened to your Foxborough faith? It's still there in bill. I trust of course, but it's it's sort of like we're all supposed to be obedient children That if we say anything in the the backseat of the car or at the supper table or in passing conversation Now we're being ungrateful and defiant and that is really starting to grate on me because everything we've seen everything we've heard from people who follow other teams people who actually play on some of these other teams the Patriots have done joint practices with, people that we trust in the media circles who are not prone to hot takes, who actually do want to see this team succeed. I don't know how many times we have to say that, Andy. It's much better for business and for our own enjoyment and our nights of sleep if the Patriots are good, if they get their blank together and they have a good season. I don't know how many times we have to make that disclaimer. God, is it annoying. Well you can't a taste see of everything that now. we've seen so far and just be like, hey, now. here we go. On to you, the playoffs. Let's do this. I mean, you can keep ranting, but you're getting a taste of your
6: own medicine now. For years, it's what you people, you, the Thorntons of the world, did to anybody that had the audacity to observe anything that might be slightly construed as negative. Oh, you, you think you know more than Bill? I think he knows what he's doing. It's only September. So now you're getting a taste of your own medicine. And you don't like it, right? Because you're questioning Bill. Oh, well, no, the I team hate looks it. Like My my
5: medicine is right. awful, it and we awful. always
6: had the great eraser. We always had the great... apologize to everybody yep. else that pushed back even just a little bit for twenty years about oh, no, in Bill no, no. We Trust because he I'm made a mistakes fan. along I the way. I
5: apologize for nothing. I apologize for nothing. Well, that's true. As a native, as a native asshole so. and a New England Patriots fan, I apologize for nothing.
6: But I mean, that's all it really is—is is you're getting a taste of your own medicine now because you why? are. But why is this
5: our? Why, here's a question: Why is this our own medicine
6: now? Because. In the past, when people rightfully questioned the Patriots and rightfully questioned Bill, they were mocked. And Bill, we trust. I think he knows more than you. Blah, blah, blah. Now, you, I would agree, are rightfully questioning the Patriots. But why is it any different? Just because it's even uglier? Like, you didn't notice the issues before. You were able to, you know, bury your head in the sand or ignore the elephant in the room before, and now you can't because the elephant's just too big or you ran out of sand? And you don't like it. The reality is that's how it's been for years. Bill makes mistakes. Have they overcome a lot of them? Yes. Have they recently? No. And now you're in the side of, wow, this looks terrible. They could be a terrible team. You think they're going to be a top-ten pick type team potentially. All of those things, right? But it's the same yep. thing that's been going on forever. You either are all in on and Bill, you trust, or you have your own brain, and when you see things that don't look right, you question it, right? Correct. So now yes. you're questioning I mean, and, and it, and I and, give you and, credit.
5: And, and thank you this is this is an awkward position to find us to find me thinking more like you and you objectivity me it's a tough world it is a it's a bitter medicine to take it is a hoss pill that I was not prepared to swallow and there is no adult beverage that's going to make it wash down any easier and again back then they had the track record they had the success they also had global or what did Tom Curran call them planetary players you had all-time NFL top 100 players, not per season all time. NFL greats like Gronks, like Brady, and then, of course, some other incredible players that came through, like your Welkers and your Mosses and your Julian Edelmans, who made all the difference in the world. And now, as much as I like the idea of building a utilitarian, very blue-collar, serviceable twos and threes, not a bunch of ones and then threes, fours and fives and jags type of team, it's not coming together. Look, we'll play some audio when we come back in just a minute after we trend and pay the bills. We'll play audio of Patriots themselves, the head coach, the quarterback, uh, people that watched last night's game, uh, analysts that we respect the opinions of who keep making the same point. Everything looks disjointed right now. Andy, if they were playing fluidly, if you saw a lot of progress, if you saw a team that was striding positively all in the same direction— that would be great i understand there are going to be growing pains when you make offensive transitions when you integrate a new quarterback when you bring in new players via free agency the draft etc i understand that believe me i preach patriots patience because we were treated to the 20 greatest years any franchise or nfl fan base probably will ever get as long as this league is in place i am fine with the patriots having to take their time to get it back together but for it to be this clunky after you make the big decisions like you did that sent players like Tom Brady packing i mean you got to give me some you got to give me some signs of hope mac jones is not supposed to look like money last preseason and come in with all of that positive momentum and buzz into his rookie campaign and now be streaming towards his sophomore season his second year in the nfl looking as bad as he does right now i mean my god like running into sacks left and right because he doesn't know where the protection is or trust the pocket and not being able to step up. Maybe that's because he doesn't have a proper quarterbacks coach. Not understanding the way the blocking is going. Maybe that's because his offensive coordinator was also doubling as the offensive line coach, and it's the first time he's doing both. That pick he threw last night, there were six Raiders around and no Patriots.
6: You're gonna be okay. We are only in the first 15 minutes. I feel like you're going to blow blow a gasket. No, this, in this is good. This is healthy. Oh, this, this is, this this is like, getting it out. This is, get, this oh, is getting like it out. It's like leeches on your patriot's soul sucking out the bad
5: blood. This is what you and I have continued to say. We're here for the therapy. We're opening we are. up the lines. We want people to call in, express their frustrations. Talk me off that ledge. You want to join me on the ledge? Make sure you bring a snack or some smokes. There's not a lot of room. There's a couple of pigeons as well, but I got I room for you? you here at 617-779-7937. I think the team is ultimately going to be all right, but if you're going to make the it, changes won't. that the Patriots are looking to implement, you got to get him in place quicker, and you got to do them with people that know how to implement those changes. We'll also share some audio of some former Patriots talking about the differences between these new offensive coaches and how this may be confusing Mac Jones, who, Andy, I'll ask you this before we trend. Do you think I'm wrong in my assessment that Mac Jones looks confused and frustrated right now? No, I
6: don't know how he couldn't. He's playing, but I. I you remember all spring on uh, our Six Rings podcast when I called the uh, offensive line a house of cards? Mm-hmm. I was being I was being generous. It's way worse than a house of cards. It is abysmal right now. That's the root of the running game issues. That's the root of max issues. And Bill Belichick, I think, it said, brought up inconsistency in his postgame press conference last night. I disagree. What we're seeing on these game fields, what we saw last night, is what I've seen on the practice field all summer. I think they're consistent. They're consistently struggling with a lot of these areas. And it's only natural for the quarterback when you're dealing with these consistent struggles for it to wear on him, for him to start to see ghosts, for him to not, you know, be comfortable in the pocket. Even he said, I have to be comfortable standing back there and just stepping up. He's not comfortable right now because he shouldn't be because he's a human being and he's gotten his butt whooped.
5: 617 779 is the phone number. Your Patriots concerns. Are you worried about the development The disposition, the demeanor of Mac Jones after this lackluster preseason. Do you think the Patriots should scrap some of the things they've trotted out, or are we going to stick with it because in Bill we trust. Also, shout-out to operations manager and previous show host Ken Laird, who just texted me to let me know that in the intro of the show, I said it was April 27th, not August 27th. I apologize, mea culpa. It's probably because, Andy, I wish it was April 27th (laughs) so we could go back in time and tell Bill not to draft a guard in the first round and then a wide receiver who's very fast but made of chandelier glass. All right, let's pay bills and catch you up with Trending Now.
3: Merloni, Fourier, and Mego.
5: Weekdays, 2 to 6.
3: Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
5: Here's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. And, hey, tune in to WEEI this Red Sox season as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games. It's brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks. The official truck of the Boston Red Sox. Well, in case you hadn't heard it or you missed my opening 12-minute rant about how the preseason went, the Patriots lost their preseason finale to uh, the Raiders last night 23-6. to Mac Jones went nine for 13 with 71 yards, an interception and a touchdown pass called back on a garbage offensive pass interference to Devonte Parker. Ty Montgomery, that was editorializing. I'm not apologizing. Ty Montgomery, the de facto third down back for the season, left the game with a right ankle injury. He was carted off the field. No updates yet. Andy, I did hear in the broadcast Zo said something about seeing somebody at the bottom of the pile grabbing. At time Montgomery's ankle Do do we have any any sort of corroboration That it may have been a bit of a uh, dirty Or scrum based football play I've heard or seen
6: nothing of that And I didn't even really see it on the video Uh, I think Zoe has picked up where you Left off as the super fan There was a lot of uh, biased coverage In that broadcast last night
5: Now thank God someone else is as bright as his hair Out there because we're going (laughs) to need it this season The Patriots open their regular season exactly 15 days from this moment, two weeks and one day from now when they go to Miami Gardens to play the upstart Dolphins coached by Mike McDaniel. Meanwhile, the Red Sox, hey, how about a Friday night dub for the old Fenway 9, huh? They beat the Rays 9-8 last night. Michael Walker won six innings, allowing four runs. Xander Bogarts with the signature moment of the night, his 11th ding-dong of the season, a three-run shot in the sixth, and boy, they needed all three runs because how about that Ryan Brazier performance? But again, that's negative Fitzy. Positive what are you Fitzy doing? says, let Red Sox. Hey, stop it. Listen, I'm doing trending, not you, you jackass. <laughs> the Sox and the Rays played their second of a three-game set this afternoon. Rich Hill takes the hill opposite Jeffrey Springs. Trevor Story is expected to be activated before today's game. The counter move would be sending Jaron Duran down to AAA. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split. Jared. Jeez, do you have any positivity left for any Boston team?
6: Oh, oh, yeah.
5: Listen, if you weren't cheering for us, then don't start cheering for us now. Who okay, peed in your IPA? Out, I won't bother driving out to Worcester to cheer for you. It's a real Ready? IPA. Joe Cast- <laughs> the great Joe Castiglione and Sean McDonough, what a team. They got the call today with first pitch at 410 across the Shaws and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and star market perfecting the art of fresh and hey be sure to tune in to the visit massachusetts pregame show with our very own bradpo show rob bradford at 310 that's sponsored by the massachusetts office of travel and tourism start your massachusetts summer adventure at Visitma.com. ma.com and it's currently week zero of the college football schedule you got one nationally televised game nebraska and northwestern they kicked off at 12 30 those two teams will be playing in dublin that's what's trending now, me boys and girls, on wei and WEI.com. dot com.
7: podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
3: now we're right back to it fitzy and hard on W E E I,
2: and streaming everywhere on the odyssey app
3: the patriots better get some thoughts together offensively i know it's the preseason and they looked rough to watch They called the same pass concept like five times in the first 20 plays of this game. Go route up top with drive at the bottom. I mean, it was relatively the same concept. But this is basic stuff that they keep missing on. I talked last week their offensive line played poorly. Their offensive line played worse this
1: pass game.
5: Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, a frequent contributor to Get Up! A program I actually enjoy watching on the regular. And starting this fall, I believe the week of September 7th, Dan Orlovsky will be joining the Merloney, Fourier, and Mego program on the regular. So make sure you bookmark that one and check out Dan Orlovsky on Merlone, Fourier, and Mego regularly this NFL season and all Patriots season long here on WEEI. This is Fitzy and Hart coming at you until 3 o'clock today before Red Sox and Rays game two. First pitch. At 410 today, you can call us up at 617-779-7937. Andy, if you've got guys like Dan Orlovsky, who, again, doesn't have an agenda, doesn't have any particular bias. If you've got guys like that in the national media who spend time doing, whether it's studio-based or at-home analysis of what they're seeing on tape. And he gave us the caveat and disclaimer that, yes, it's preseason. This is when you work out the kinks. But he described it as, quote, rough. And then you've got your Fourier's who spent the better part of yesterday when we talked Patriots, and then last night when he sat outside of the Kenny Ch- of Gillette following the Kenny Chesney concert with uh, uh, Mike, the new uh, anchor from WBZ, and Mike Reese talking about the fact that he only believes this team goes as far as the offensive line will take him, and the offensive line right now is an absolute mess. Uh, how else you've you've made the same point or a similar point too? How else are we to expect this team is going to look? And what else would you expect Mac Jones to look like or be going through than significant struggles if the core of your offense, the offensive line, is in shambles?
6: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't need Fourier or, or any of these guys to tell me. I've been down there. We've talked about it, and I know some people say, oh, you got to buy it. No, I watch what I, what I see, and then I talk about it. And the offensive line, now, it, it's interesting that Olovsky mentions last week. Last week was irrelevant. Last week it wasn't the offensive line. You didn't have Wynn, you didn't have Brown. This was your first offensive line back in every slot where you want them to be. You've decided Trent Brown's a left tackle. You've decided Isaiah Wynn's a right tackle. Mike Onwen is a right guard. You've made all your decisions. They were all back playing a second unit defense, and it stunk. Now, th- were there some some unfortunate aspects? Sure. One of those sacks when when Max stepped up to the right side, Wynn actually was doing a pretty good job, and on who tried to help him out, sort of chip, and yep. he actually hit the guy into where Mac was stepping up into. So there was a little bit mm-hmm. of misfortune there, but the running issues are the running issues. They have been a running problem for weeks now, and if I were snarky and if I were sarcastic, which you know I'm not. I'm neither snarky nor oh, sarcastic.
5: Oh, never. No, no, no. You are très gentil. You are an absolutely fair and balanced uh, loving, if not doting individual. But if I were
6: sarcastic, I might offer up the idea that this is what happens to an offensive line when you have a defensive coordinator coach it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look good. It
5: doesn't look cohesive. Um, so He's not that- even coaching it really right now, Andy, because he's spending as much time going over the play calls because he's the de facto offensive coordinator as well. Now, Bill Belichick, great football, great gridiron game mind and brilliant football wizard that he is, uh, you know, nobody knows more than Bill Belichick. He forgot more than anything, blah, blah, blah. I, like, maybe he can handle head Maybe coaching, he's forgotten too managing. much today. I, maybe. No, I told you. This is what Shyam and I said the other day on the podcast, and, of course, we got tons of blowback and uh, flack for it. The idea that Bill Belichick always says, do your job. Don't try to do too much on any one play. Stay mm-hmm. in your lane, know your role, and do your job. It doesn't say on the T-shirts they sell at the pro shop and all of the images people share on social media. It doesn't say do your jobs with five S's, but Belichick literally has like seven jobs now, and he's giving Matt Patricia, a former head coach, and one of his on-team conciliaries, also multiple jobs. Wouldn't it be enough if Patricia was just either O-line coach or offensive coordinator and not both in his first or his second season back with the team? Yeah, I'd
6: still hate the plan because he's still a defensive (laughs) coordinator. But, yes, I would hate it a little bit less than what they are doing now. And, you know, I I know people are going to say, well, it was was just preseason. Okay, well, now it isn't anymore. Mm Preseason's over. You know, I wrote a column this morning because Max said this is real football. The season is here. So all those excuses and trust the process, not the results, all that, I would call it a bad word, but we're on the radio, goes out the door. Now it's. You better get your ass ready for a football game where the results matter. And you can't say just this or we're not game planning. That was a big Zoe thing last night in the broadcast. Oh, you know, they're not game planning. Oh, do do you think the Raiders backups who you were playing against were game planning? Because I don't. And if there was anything that was um, sort of symbolic of those two teams, there was a cutaway, I want to say, in like the third quarter of Josh McDaniels on the sideline laughing with Carr and maybe one other receiver behind him laughing and pointing, and they were all just yucking it up. And it was like this classic example of, hey, they, they look like they're having fun on that sideline. like they, they, they look like they're confident on that sideline. Meanwhile, the Patriots' sideline, it's, Mac coming over and he's not happy. He's upset. Even later, Zappy comes over and Bill's, you know, not happy with him and, and sort of Patricia and Judge are behind him and they all got frowns on their faces. And it was almost like a visual representation of where these two teams are right now. Cause they're feeling themselves in Las Vegas. Did you see the thing they put out on social media that I retweeted? It was like this this cartoon um raider guy stabbing a Patriot tricorner hat and it said something like you know, what? do you guys like apples? How you like them apples kind of oh. reference? Oh, yeah, they're feeling oh. themselves in we August. are
5: still very salty about the tuck rule game. Well, you guys bit. know what I think you can do with the tuck rule game. You can tuck it, and there you go. Did they really? Guys, it's the preseason. Let's not be dropping streamers from uh, the Xfinity Center after a pre- after like a playoff win. Yeah, look at this. Wow! Look at look at these guys! Look at these boastful, I like MFers. It. <laughs> oh, when they they got three, swagger, they they're st- cocky. Oh, you know what? Actually, you, you know what like, the Patriots are not, not and right how now. How about cocky. like Isaiah Zuber? You got guys like Zuba, who I loved on the Pats, now playing safety and special teams for the Raiders. He got a pick last night. Oh yeah! Look at there it is. There's the Raider. Do you like apples with a giant? <laughs> wow! A giant pirate's blade driven through the tri-corner Patriots hat. It's a little early, guys. Yeah, that's definitely like the 76ers like sending banners streaming down after a playoff win against the Celtics. A series which, by the way, uh, GFYI, they happen to have lost as well. Andy, a million other points, and I would like to get to some injuries on the Patriots offensive front that I could, I think we may soon have to make a big deal about that are probably going to affect our 53-man roster projections. We'll get to those later. Mike do so from Patriots.com joins us at 2 p.m. To the phones we go. We got Brian out in Danvers. Brian, what's going on? Welcome to the show.
4: Hi, what's going on, guys? Best show on EEI by far. Not even close. Thank Uh, you.
5: Brian, thank you very much. Your Venmo. Check your Venmo after the show. Yep.
4: Will do. Hey, Fitzy, my uncle is the uh, New England nightmare. You know that mental patient? He wears a luchador mask and the belt of the game.
5: Oh, I know that guy very well. That's great. It's good to see the Patriots lunacy and the Foxborough frenzy runs in the family.
4: Yes, sir, yes, sir. Hey, that's what I'm uh, calling about. I'm calling to see which away game to going to this year so we can play on a when crush a couple IPAs before
5: the game. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to be crushing uh, several more than a couple IPAs to get ready for the games <laughs> this fall. Uh, Brian, I appreciate the call very much, my man. So this season, um, my travel schedule is going to be a little different because Andy and I will be spearheading the Patriots' new real postgame show, so I'll be mostly Foxborough, Brighton, and massachusetts base for the post-games. However, there could be a couple of games I might be able to sneak off to. We'll do some remote broadcasting. We could be reconfiguring the hosting for that. I'm trying to go to Cleveland, but if anything, I think I'm going to be going out to Las Vegas for what looks like it'll be the biggest gathering of Patriots fan clubs all season long. That'll be the destination away game. Andy, I got to tell you, Brian, everyone else, Luchador, Silver Bullet, all of your favorite Patriots mascots and super fans that run the tailgates, what are we gonna be looking at potentially come December? Is the excitement of that game gonna be the Raiders competing for a wild card spot as a poor injured Mac Jones watches Bailey Zappy? <laughs> start his third game of the season you know I mean, you're like, laughing
6: uh the injury to mac jones is no joke like the way he has had to play and i've told you this from every practice the yes, number of have. plays where he bounces around then he has to run he rolls or he throws on the run we saw that play last night he's rolling right tries to throw back hideous interception as you accurately noted somewhere oh. in the range of five raiders could have picked that ball off six there were uh, six raiders Six. Oh, but and and don't worry because they're high end players like the undrafted rookie linebacker who who actually picked it off
5: Luke Masterson, stud all pros. Luke, ladies and gentlemen, Luke Masterson, his brother Bat, of course, the famous cowboy. But and and you
6: know there was one play where Mac ran for the first down and gave the little mm-hmm. first down thing. None of that is good. None of that is Max' game. I don't want to see that, and he got hit, he got lit up on a blitz, He he's going to get injured. The more he runs, the more he scampers, the more he puts himself at risk, and you're right, if he is not part of the mix come November, December, regardless of how anything else, maybe the O-line gets its you-know-what together, maybe the defense, the young corners, maybe they come on. If Mac gets banged up early in the year, and you're already talking about it, you're already talking about him Maybe being mentally battered and bruised and that's affecting some of his decision making and his did you see his face too in the post soon? did
5: you see his face in the post game last night like that look he looked about as miserable like there was none of that like sort of like joie de vivre that football esprit de corps that Matt like and all the other fancy huh? expressions for happiness For like there was no joking there was like the man just spent a week out in Vegas. he's playing football for a living. He's on the New England Patriots. he's their starting quarterback. He's one of the top 10 selling NFL jerseys. He has the trust of Bill Belichick. There should be some. He's got a charmed life right now, and he works really, really, really hard. And there's a lot of people obviously rooting against them and his coach, but there's a lot of people rooting for him. And he looks friggin' miserable right now, Andy. As he should be. As he should be. This is not going well, and we've talked about it all along. He
6: was put in a bad position. On some level, he can't lose because I do think people will say this is a terrible plan by Belichick, Patricia, and Judge. But it is still a year of Mac's career. It is still what could be an infuriating, frustrating, wasted year of Mac's career. And I'll tell you, the one thing that really bothered me last night coming out of the post-game press conferences was Bill
5: Belichick. Oh, and we have to play that. We got to get. We got to get to that audio soon. Boy, was he. Well, yes. a, and he made a comment that mm-hmm. I wasn't out there,
6: so I can't tell you exactly what happened over two days of joint practices. But I will tell you, I was on the air during the Jimmy Fun Telethon on WEI when the tweet flurry came in from Phil Perry, Greg Bedard, and even Mike Reese and others saying what a And halicious... Evan Lazar and
5: Andrew Callahan. yes, It
6: was a horrible day. They got their asses whooped in every drill they did, essentially, on Tuesday. And Bill has the audacity to come to the podium after a 23-6 to ass whooping on the game field when his ones couldn't deal with their twos and say, I don't know, maybe we left all our plays on the practice field? You got your ass whooped on the practice field, too. Don't tell me about some energetic bounce-back Wednesday. At best, it was a draw, and from the people I've talked to that were out there, it was not a draw. The Raiders won the day, the Raiders won the week, the Raiders won the game, and Bill is, like, smirking, saying maybe we left our plays on the practice field? No, maybe you need a slap of reality in the face and you need a little more urgency like your quarterback this is not going well, and it all comes back to you. You've said it a million times, Bill. It all falls on your shoulders. Well, right now, there's a lot of crap on your shoulders.
5: I don't know. Armin's on the sense, line. He I... wants to talk about the Patriots preseason. We're here for you, Armin. What's up, buddy?
3: Hey, Andy. Hey, Fitzy. Uh, What's up? Just had a quick question. Uh, Fitzy, before this preseason, because uh, yep. I've been
5: hearing you, you're pretty angry at what we saw last night. What did you think? I mean, what do you think the Patriots' record was going to be? Uh, I said nine and eight, best ten and seven. A low of I could see from seven and ten to ten and seven. Nine and eight is what I'm calling on the season.
3: All right, and how's that changed though? Because I I'm with you. I'm not one of these. We're going 17 something no, We're going to the Super Bowl, but sure. I don't see what I don't like what we're seeing. But I'm with you. I was thinking ten and seven, and now I'm thinking maybe eight and nine. But I don't think much has changed. I don't think we were shooing for the playoffs.
5: No, what's changed, Armin, here's the one thing, uh, and I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Have a great Saturday. Um, Here's the one thing that's changed for me, Armin, Andy, anyone on the line, anyone listening right now. My biggest concern, the one thing I said that had to be your top priority all off season long and heading into year two, you cannot allow Mac Jones, who should be your diamond in the rough, who should be your quarterback of the now and the forevermore, he is the franchise right now. You cannot allow him to get dinged up. You can't allow Knicks on Mac Jones. You cannot allow him to regress. You cannot allow his confidence to be shaken or rattled. You have to do everything you can to make sure he learns, he progresses, and that even if you do go 7-10, and 8-9, 9-8, and, nine, nine and eight, become a tough out but miss the playoffs, you can't allow him to falter and take a step back after an excellent rookie season. You just, you just can't allow it. And right now, the, those concerns, those those alarms have gone off. And tell me I'm wrong. No, you should be alarmed, but I
6: agree with the caller. If you thought they were a mediocre football team, they still have the opportunity to be a mediocre football team. You still have the... And I don't know what people think of the first couple games, but even the Lions, Browns, Bears, Jets, like that stretch of the schedule, Jets again, you're still going to have the opportunity to win football games. And I still think... It was always a long shot to beat some of the, you know, the Bills and the Bengals and the Raiders. Some of those teams. I think what's most alarming to some people, and I think this is a legitimate fear, if you thought they were going to eke out, as the caller said, maybe ten wins, maybe sneak in backdoor it to the playoffs, you have to think they're winning against the Dolphins and the Steelers because those are those are like-minded teams. Those are eh, if things go well, we're a wild card team. Certainly the Steelers trying to find their quarterback. If you somehow stumble out of the gates, and I had somebody hit me up on Twitter, better chance they start 3-1 and one against the Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, Packers, or 1-3, and three. and I have to say 1-3 and three
5: right now. They
8: don't look oh, like absolutely. they're ready to play, right? So, no. And if you and, start 1-3, uh, and actually, three, I hate to cut you're you chasing. Off, Andy,
5: correct, and I hate to cut you off, but we've got an important injury update here. I don't even want to like tease it to make you stay tuned for the other side because we've got more calls and other injury analysis. But per Jeremy Fowler, who just tweeted this 10 minutes ago, Patriots rookie wide receiver Taekwon Thornton underwent surgery Monday to repair a fractured clavicle per source. Yeah. Recovery time should be six to eight weeks from the procedure, but could vary depending on healing and reacclimation to football. Second round pick still set to help offense this year. So uh, thank you very much for that, Coop. I was unaware of the actual surgery, so it actually happened s- five days ago now. Taekwon Thornton did undergo surgery six to eight weeks from the procedure, with healing time, and depending on his own, rather, should I say, his return to football will depend on his healing time and reacclimation to football. We'll get to the other injury that has us concerned here, as well as the rest of your calls. Mike Dusso from Patriots.com, the ultimate Pat's positive guy. We'll see how he's feeling about this roster, the preseason and the opener against the Dolphins 15 days from now in just a few minutes. 617-779-7937. It's Fitzy and Hart from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio
3: We are right back to
6: Fitzy and
2: Heart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
3: You know, I didn't have a, have a real good night tonight in any phase of the game. Um, that's obvious. Um, might have left it on the practice field on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, certainly practiced a lot better than we than we played out there tonight. So, um, yeah. Need, obviously, didn't need a lot of need to clean up a lot of things here. That just didn't didn't play well in any phase of the game. Didn't play with any kind of consistency. You know, a couple of touchdowns, call it back, turn the ball over. Didn't play good defense and play well in the kicking game. Um, you know, obviously, got to do a better job, and so it starts with me. So we'll um, we'll get back to work this week and and um, and work on work on things we need to work on.
5: There's a lot of things that we got to get to work on, Coach. Uh, a very uh, buoyant and joyful Bill Belichick following the Patriots' 23-6 preseason defeat at the hands of the it is in Vegas last night. One and two on the 2022 preseason. Finish the Patriots. 15 days from now, they kick off the season in Miami Gardens against the Dolphins. You got Fitzy. You got Hart. You got us till three from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio as Sox fans stream into America's most beloved ballpark before the 4:10 First pitch, Rays versus Red Sox. Back to the phones we go, Andy. Mike is out in Leominster. I know it's Leominster. What's up, Mike? How you doing today, pal? Hey, good, good. How about you, Fitzy? Hey, man, I'm hanging in there, my guy. I'm doing everything I can to try to understand what's going on and how the Patriots can turn all of the lemons of this preseason and season into lemonade, if not shandies, this coming season, my guy.
4: Well, if I could bring up now that it's legal in Massachusetts, if you you know smoke a little before the games, it isn't as bad. You can kind of relax <laughs> yourself a little more. So, what about edibles? Yeah. What
5: about ed- or, 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 or can I sneak an edible in before I got to get to work?
4: Definitely, yes. Yeah, I'm the probably edibles in are the trouble with HR now. Like.
5: Right, I'll get a, I'll get a memo from HR on that one, Mike.
4: Yes, you you might. You might. Hey, I just wanted to bring up one thing. First of all, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for being so uh, responsive with people on Twitter. You know, it's a pretty cool way to interact with people like you, you know, and get some information out there. I appreciate that. And uh, the thing I'm calling about is are you at all concerned about Matt Jones maybe becoming gun-shy like Bledsoe did? Because, you know, when Bledsoe first came into the league, he was going through a, a few different offensive coordinators, and he got hit up excuse me, I'm sorry, he got hit a lot. So a lot of times, you know, that's why you would see Bledsoe thrown off the back foot and just throwing up Hill marys. And is that something that we should be concerned about with Jones, do you think?
5: That's actually a very good question and a nice throwback question because I do remember the days, and he had, uh, dare I say, probably one and a half to twice the arm that Mac Jones did. Uh, the sure days did. Of, of Drew Bledsoe having to back foot it and, Uh, You know, just try to chuck it, chuck and duck, if you will. And he took some epic beatings all the way up until the hit that knocked him from his post as the starter for the Patriots in September of 2001. Now, obviously, there were a lot of games along the way, like the epic 1994 season where he threw the ball 70 times in one game and an awesome comeback win against Minnesota, where they just decided like, well, whatever we're going in with, we're not going to be able to do it. So we're just going to have to let the quarterback you know, wing it and sling it in his second year in the league. And it looks like, and this is sort of how I'm trying to connect it, Mike, it looks like, and Andy, jump in if you think maybe this is a bad idea, but it looks to me... Like the Patriots are more comfortable and they're more offensively proficient. And Mac Jones is more comfortable when they go to that, forget it, like ditch the plan. Let's just go four wide and let's wing it and sling it like they did a little bit last night. And in games like last year against Indianapolis and other ones where they fell behind and they were like, all right, playbook out the door. Mac, go do your thing.
6: Yeah, no, I I think he looks more comfortable in that situation. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate I, it. I think two-minute drills and some of that stuff, he looks more comfortable. He maybe has a little bit more control, autonomy, um. But I don't think that's their long-term, you're right. I don't think you want to go into each and every game saying we're going to throw it 45, 55, 60 times and just let Max sling. I think with this offensive line and with these weapons, quite frankly, um, that are mid-tier weapons at best, I don't think that they – if they can't run the ball, you know, that, that article I referenced earlier with yes. Matt Castle talking about the transition in Kansas City and, and everything, he finished that with an optimistic tone – and he said, we do know that if they need to, the Patriots can just pound the ball and run the ball. I don't know that. I do not know that to be the case. I used to think that was to some degree the case. I thought you had Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, and a veteran offensive line. But the way it looks right now, what I've actually seen for the here and now of this summer, I do not know that they can run the football consistently. And if they can't run the football consistently, that does put more pressure on Mac. more pressure... Is probably going to be trailing. So now you're throwing. You're in passing situations. You get hit. It is a bad. It's a bad way to play football, especially in your second year in the league with a totally new offense and a totally new offensive coordinator.
5: Yeah, that's a. It's a good pull from. I believe that was. Was that Mike up in Lemister we just had on the phone? But that's actually a pretty good pull. Like, could we see mid '90s or late '90s Bledsoe emerge in year two from Mac Jones because of shoddy offensive line play, inconsistency in coordinators, and communication? And will that lead to the Patriots just having to toss the playbook aside and say, all right, kid, go do your thing? Because honestly, right now, I even said this last season. I I mentioned it yesterday when I was on filling in for Lou Maloney on MFM yesterday. Like, I love watching Mac Jones in the hurry up, in the no huddle, and in the two-man offense. He looks very confident. He knows exactly what to go to. And it's just like five, seven, nine, five, eight, nine. 3, 10, like the quick chunk plays that they just keep grabbing over and over. Like, that's what these receivers and these tight ends and these backs are good at. And that's what he's good at. And that's what his arm strength and his accuracy and decision-making seems meant for. But again, what do I know? I'm just sitting here at Fenway Park doing a two-hour Patriots uh, preseason wake of a radio show. Talking to you, Andy, the general Pats Populi, and guys like Jesse up in New Bedford. Or down in New Bedford, I should say. Maybe he's not down, but geographically he is. He wants to talk Patriots. What's up, Jesse?
0: Hey, what's up, guys?
5: What's up, Jesse?
0: Um, you know, I'm going to get... Every time I call the radio stations, I get lambasted. And I'm probably going to again, but I don't care because I'm going to stick to my guns. And the reason is, is because when we beat the Panthers last week, when we drove down the field, what did you hear? Well, it's against the Panthers. Uh, the the uh the backups. You know what I mean? There's always an excuse when we do good. But when we do bad, it's always well this, well that. And I'll give you an example. You know, everybody's talking about the two drives or three drives we didn't do good. But how about that drive that Mac Jones drove us down the field, and it would have been a touchdown if it wasn't for a ticky-tack call. I mean, come on, give me a break. That's a touchdown in a regular NFL game. Okay? So if you make take out the preseason, if you make that a regular season game, now you're talking 10-10. And and then and then here we go. We're not gonna take the starters out now and all that. Now we got ourselves a the game. You can't you know, then we always talk about all oh, it's just preseason, but yet you got but yet um Andy Hart brings up the score. We got we got destroyed twenty six three. The 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 Bills, I know they had their backups, they got beat seventeen nothing. Preseason means nothing. And I'll give you one more example. That first drive when we hit Parker for eight yards, what did we do on second and two? We did a we did one of those stupid stretch runs, okay? In and a regular lost four game. yards. Yes, mm. yes, in a regular season game. Do you think we're gonna we're, now? It's second and two. Do you think we're gonna do a stretch run that Bel, Belichick probably we knows just, it's not y- a of The and Patriots
5: butto? just, yeah, yeah. J- oh, yes, Jesse. I appreciate the passion. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from, and I thank you for I the don't. call, sir. And yes, they might actually do that. They're trying to figure out if that's going to work or what they need to do to refine or tinker with that, and they may still do that. I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't think Andy can tell you what they are or are not going to do. He was just telling you that he's concerned with the offensive line, and he's not so sure they can just revert back to the power running game where you're just going to have win on when you, Andrews, Trent Brown, and uh, Cole Strange just power through you and say, our 1,700 pounds of O-line is better than whatever you got on your D-line. We're not sure that's the case. David Andrews was borderline disconsolate, saying the same thing over and over last night as the first one to the podium following the game. Nobody seemed like they had the guys, R-E-L-A-X, X. We're no. going to be fine attitude about them last night in the postgame or all week long. There's something underneath, like there's something beneath the surface that's causing frustration or tension with this team right now. I don't know if it's the communication issues with the coordinators. I don't know if it's this strange theory of win and Brown not getting the right money and having to flip-flop tackles and Trent Brown with his I-want-to-go-home tweet yesterday. like I don't understand any of it, but some, like something's a little stinky, right? I'm not wrong on this one, Andy. No, there is something, something that's quite stinky, quite, quite, quite stinky with a
6: lot of areas of this team. And I'm sorry, I, I don't want to uh, lambast the caller uh, again on these radio airwaves, but your fourth drive against backups – And I'm not going to pretend I was really, uh, like, logging every player that came on and off for the Raiders. I don't even know if your fourth drive was against third-teamers, for all I know. But I'm not going to do a victory lap because you kicked a field goal in your fourth drive after going three and out, interception, three and out, against backups. I'm sorry. Like, you have to look at the matchups and what's going on out there, and the reality is they were really, really bad. But actually, I want to tease something. I want to talk about, after we talk to DeSoe, top of the hour, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this idea that everybody's falling back on more of pulling the plug and reverting to the old school because I think that could be problematic.
5: Okay, should we pull plug and go old school? We will have that. We will have callers like Wayne and Chuck and Rick and Steve. We'll get to all of you guys as well, but first we're going to pay some bills, flip the hour, and at the top of hour number two, Mike so from Patriots.com, joins the Pats party here on a special Saturday edition of Fitzy and Hart from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio.